Yeah, basically, Jeff, yeah. Jeff, the Jeff, 420, the 420 chef. chef. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, thank you for coming on. It's been about a month since I've seen you. Yeah, yeah, just about. How's it been going since the last time? It's been started? going good. We've been super busy. I'm getting ready to open up um, one of the first edibles uh, cannabis lounges in the world, in West Hollywood. And uh, we're getting ready to launch uh, our new products, our odorless cannabis, mm-hmm. uh, and also our... 100% cannabis herbs, which has never been done before. And how I met Jeff, the last podcast I talked about that I did a movie, and that's where I met Jeff. He was in the movie too. Yeah, that so, was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So tell them about your part. So I, bet, I, talk, I talked about my part where there was a, a chef that has spiked the brownies and we're all went crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I also spiked the uh, spaghetti sauce. <laughs> You know, so, um, but nobody would know because we use my oregano, which is, like I said, 100% cannabis. There are no additives in it. Um, there are no artificial flavors in it. It's just a process that I invented that allows the cannabis leaf itself to absorb the odor and taste of oregano um, in an ambient air environment. So we remove all the compounds from the plant except for the, the trichomes. The trichomes and the cellulose of the plants. The trichomes house the THC and the CBD. Right then, what's left is this little piece of plant, which is really almost like a sponge. So any odor that it comes in contact with, it absorbs that odor and that taste. So literally, I can put it in someone's sneakers; it'll smell like sneakers 24 hours later. Yeah. You know, we put it in with something that has, you know, uh, uh, oregano. You know, or just an oregano um, odor in it. You know, our contraption. You put a little oregano in there. You throw the oregano out, and then you put the cannabis in, and it absorbs the residual odor. Um, of the oregano that's in the little contraption we have here. How long have you been in the cannabis business? Uh, over 10 years. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, so uh, I started working with a friend of mine's mom. I was really sick with cancer. Um, he really wanted me to make her my cookies. I had these awesome cookies that I would make for people. Okay. And um, he's like, put cannabis in it for my mom. And I was like, sure. And I put it in for his mom. And she's like, I love your cookies. I hate these. Get that fucking taste out of these. I can't <laughs> deal with it. The last thing I want to know as a cancer patient, you know, is that I'm medicating and I don't want to barf your cookie up. I want your cookie to help me eat more, you know, and help me. With it. So it took me about a year and a half to figure out how to take the taste of the cannabis out of my can of butters that I was using to make, you know, her cookies. But after about a year and a half, I figured it out. And I came up with tasteless can of butters and can of oils. And that really is what catapulted me into the world of being a a true cannabis chef. You know, and um, I became famous for being that chef that cooks with cannabis, that doesn't need to do a pairing and doesn't need to try to figure out how to pair the taste of the cannabis with the food. Although some people do like that and I can do it. Um, But mostly it's about letting the food shine. So if you have your favorite recipe, your grandma's meatloaf, for example, you know, and you don't want it to taste like cannabis, but you want to infuse it, now you can do it and there'll be no cannabis taste. So that's how I got into it. Um, then, you know, also we had, um, you know, a family member, um, Jared's late stepbrother. Um, you know, Jared is my, my middle son, I'm a business partner, and you've met him. He's here with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, he, you know, he also, he had, uh, unfortunately, an operable brain cancer. And, um, you know, he was medicating with cannabis as well. And Jared's like, I want to take this to him. And, you know, and it helps, you know. And I feel that, you know, just knowing that people out there that were truly medicating with cannabis weren't realizing they were medicating with cannabis until an hour and a half or two later when they started feeling the effects of it was a really big thing. And it helped strengthen them. You know, eating is a big thing for cancer patients because the chemo makes them lose their appetite. You know, they're always, you know, unfortunately nauseous or, you know, going through the vomiting and everything else that comes along with it. So when you can give them something that they can appreciate and enjoy and not know they're medicating that will help increase their appetite, help them eat, it just helps them get stronger, you know, then there's, you know, if it's a curable cancer, you know, then I feel that it gives them a little more, like a boost, you know, to strengthen, you know, their resolve to continue to, you know, get better. 
I've had edible before, and the thing that I didn't like about it is you could taste the weed. It was so strong. Yeah, yeah. I would have to like put like ice cream on top of it to like mask that taste. And it still tastes bad. Yeah. You know, it's bitter. It's got it's got a very herbaceous, grassy taste, and mm -hmm. that's what people. You know, look, there are people that like it, and I've had plenty of people at my dinner party. So you know, dude, I like the taste of weed. I'm like, yeah, but do you want the taste of weed? In your cookies like i love garlic right i don't want garlic in my chocolate chip cookies right. i want garlic where it belongs you know so you know one of the things i'll make is i make um, a cannabis infused lasagna you know oh, it's my yeah. green lasagna and in the green lasagna we have cannabis leaf and spinach right now there is a taste of the cannabis leaf but the way that we process it with the you know with the spinach and the other ingredients it's almost like a peppery taste true to the plant it's not what you're tasting in edibles. So in the edibles that you're tasting that are commercial edibles, for the most part, believe it or not, that taste is not the cannabis you're tasting. You're tasting the burnt off terpenes and the burnt chlorophyll. That is a byproduct of the infusion process that got the cannabis into your food. You That's why it always tastes words. the same. <laughs> a lot of my listeners didn't graduate high school. They're gonna be, they're gonna be lost. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't graduate either. <laughs> Actually, I did, but you know, the high school I went to, I might as well have not. <laughs> just, yeah. just joking. <laughs> I did one in Dabble before when I made uh, edibles, and I made one batch that was like so strong. Like, this is gonna sound nasty, but like, I farted, and my fart smelled like weed. Yeah. And like, for my girl at the time, like hers did too, and I took a dump, and my shit smelled like weed. And my girl, she did too, and I told her when she got home, I said, "Man, I took a dump, and my shit smelled like weed." And she was like, "I did too," and then she was like, "I was at work, and I don't want nobody to come in, and it smelled like shit. I mean, like it smelled like weed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In the bathroom, and I was like, damn. I'm yeah. Like, so that was a shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one yeah. yeah but but again it had to make you feel right so feel right so it makes so and again you know you you've been able i think you know if you know what you're doing you can dial in the potency that you like mm -hmm. right a lot of people have really bad experiences right you know they'll do a brownie and they'll put in a stick of can of butter and not realize that that stick of counter but the can of butter and the batch of brownies is probably 2,000 milligrams of THC. Yeah. You cut that into a dozen brownies, you divide 2,000 by 12, your listeners are smart, they can do the math. <laughs> you, know, you can figure out, you know, what, you know, it's probably, it's, it's, uh, I won't even go through it, I'm gonna say it's gonna be, what, like 120 milligrams of brownies, something like that. So, you know, and that's crazy. I've had 150 milligrams, you know, before, and it, it sent me into a tailspin for three days. I was like, I couldn't even go 10 feet from my bed to my bathroom you know for like two days and finally on the third day i was like oh i think i'm feeling coming out of this i was in a tunnel oh yeah you know it I was crazy always like that mon and uh and rashad this years ago i was back in uh, kentucky and i had a brownie and i was like hey i got a brownie from uh, la they were like no you don't i uh -huh. said hold on i split it up in, in threes i gave in two of them and yeah, we took it on a Saturday night. They said they felt it up until like Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what happens, you know. And you gotta, you literally, you gotta hold against the wall just to get yeah. to the bathroom. And if you're, and then once you sit down, Stop. you sit down a pee because you know <laughs> you can't stand up, you know. And you're sitting there like, oh, you know, you just sit. There. I was literally sitting there. And I woke up four hours later, sitting on the toilet, and then my ass fell asleep. Oh, man, and then crazy. I tried to get back to bed, and I'm high, and I couldn't move. My ass is asleep. I'm like crawling into my bed. It was crazy. But so. it was the best sleep, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you wake up, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. So yeah, that's it. so. You know, I think you know one of the big things nowadays is we're able to dial in the dosage. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's really important. And you know, for our dinner parties, we. I know this is going to sound low to your listeners, um, but we take people usually up to about 10 milligrams throughout the entire meal of THC, which makes them feel like they had a glass of wine, and that's what they want, right? If you want to get fucked up, you know, you're going to do 50 milligrams or more, and you can easily do that. I mean, I have a guy that buys dozens of my cookies, and he's always all about like, yo, he goes, I just had it over the weekend. I ate 10 of your cookies, and I was <laughs> flying all weekend. I was like, Jesus, like, you know, each one of those cookies is 10 milligrams. So, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a lot, you know, it's a big hit. So, you know, again, you have to decide, you know, what's best for you. But um, when it comes to actually cooking with cannabis properly, you want to make sure your dosing is consistent. That's right. So how long did it take you to perfect it, or you said, like the tasteless, 
How long did it take you to, to master that? So it took me about a year and a half to master the tastiest portion of the oils and butter. It took me about another five years to come up with the fact that this, we have odorless cannabis now, which uses this process where we have this, this product that creates the tasteless butter and oil. But I did not know that when you smoked it, it would get you high, but there'd be no weed smell. Mm -hmm. So you could hotbox in your car with this shit and get pulled over by the cops, and they would never know you were smoking weed in your car. Yeah, Jared told me yeah. y'all was in Vegas at the casino smoking. Yeah, it. smoking it like all night long, you know, and these guys are coming around, and security guards just walking by and not thinking about it. And, you know, we had the, um, uh, what do they call that, you know, the hostess or waitress coming by, changing, changing our ashtrays, <laughs> sitting at the table, sitting at the bars, and we're smoking weed, getting super high, yeah. right? Nobody knew. And if anybody knows about Vegas, weed is zero tolerance in the casinos. It's legal, mm -hmm. but they have a zero tolerance for cannabis and specifically because of the smell. Right. Meanwhile, here we are smoking it all night long. So, you know, it's uh, one of the ways we got one of our first investors, actually. He took us down to a bar there and we're smoking in the casino. He couldn't believe it. He's like, how's this happening? I'm getting fucking high in a casino and nobody knows it. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that that's pretty awesome. So I think, you know, from a, um, a discretion standpoint, it's pretty awesome. On the other side of it, you've got people who are really loud. They want to be loud about their smoke, right? Right? The, the, the louder the better, you know, the, and, and there's a whole segment of the market that either they don't want to be loud or they can't be loud. You know, imagine you're living in a spot where, you know, first of all, you have neighbors that are nosy and don't like the smell, they call the cops. The cops come by, they smell the weed, you get in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Now imagine if you could just be smoking weed, nobody knows and you're getting high as fuck, yeah. you know, and it's a great experience. And you smoked this before, right? Did you yeah. smoke this? Yeah. yeah, you smoked it when we did the movie, right. you know, so this is something that, you know, it's never existed before until now, right? No one's ever been able to take out the odor but give you a taste experience. So we have all different flavors now. We have clove, we have lavender, we have cool mint, we have um, briarwood cherry for the guys that more like like, like a smoke, like a tobacco type, like pipe tobacco type taste. Um, we have, uh, you name it, I'm like Baskin Robbins, 31 plus hey, one flavors, you know. Drop a bomb for that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And now we have this new thing for edibles where I invented, um, I think you saw this, these are the, the oregano, right? The herbs we have. Okay. So um, you smell this, tell me what it smells like. All right. And for y'all, this, it looks just like household oregano that you get at the store. Smells. I don't know what oregano smells like. It's pizza seasoning. Oh, okay. So now, now imagine that on your pizza. That's what it is. And this will get you high. Yeah. What is it? Did it smell like weed? Uh, nah, I didn't really smell like weed. Like, I can, there's a smell, but I just don't know what that Right, so that smell is oregano that you're smelling. Okay. So if you eat pizza with oregano, Right, and that's always, you know, when you go to a pizza joint, they give you usually like the cheese, mm -hmm. the red spice, you know, the, the hot chili, um, they call it the, uh, uh, the red pepper, yeah. right? And then they give you the um, oregano, oh, okay. right? And you sprinkle it on and it gives it more of like an Italian taste. So it's an Italian herb. So we have um, five of these now. We have oregano, we have basil, we have um, sage, we have rosemary, and we have thyme. Right, and they all have cool names like we have hazy time and you know <laughs> oregano and rosemary jane you know oh, so stuff yeah. like that you know so so we really have you know some fun names for the products but if you cook with it no one's going to know it's weed they're going to think it's the herb you use to cook so rosemary lemon chicken is a great recipe you put our rosemary jane on it it's going to taste the same but it's going to be infused one teaspoon 10 milligrams of thc so if somebody wanted some uh rosemary jane Mm -hmm. At our dispensary. Okay. So we're opening up a dispensary as well as an Edibles Lounge Budbury. It opens February 2020 in West Hollywood. It's the only place in the world you're going to be able to get this right now. So uh, we're really proud of it. We're going to be processing it on premise. You'll be able to watch us make this stuff. It's going to be a really fun, you know, really fun experience. And the lounge itself behind, I showed you a video of it, mm -hmm. is an enchanted jungle. So you're walking, you know, there's like this um, facade of brick and, and ivy on the outside. You walk inside and all of a sudden you're transported into this enchanted jungle for your, you know, it's, it's an amazing culinary cannabis experience. I can't wait to see it. I want to come to the Grand Opening. Oh, you will be there. Yeah, yeah you will be right there. Very nice. And I like how you and your son 
a tag team that working together. Yeah, oh yeah. So I, like, how did that, tell me, how did that come about? So Jared actually started working with me seven years ago, almost eight years ago, uh, when his stepbrother was sick. And he started saying, I want to bring these to him and see how they make him feel and let's work on this together. And he started developing, helping me develop and watching me you know, develop all the things that I've been doing. And then he said, you know what, you need a website. You know what? You need a social media account, you know, and he started that way. He built up our social media following, got our website out there, started doing the marketing. I have 30 years of marketing behind me, so I was mentoring him throughout. Um, it's been seven years now. He's now COO of the company and president of the company, which I'm very proud of. He's one of the youngest presidents of, a, of actually a, big, um, a growing cannabis company uh, in California, which is huge. He's only 24, going to be 25 soon, um, but he knows his shit. And he keeps me on the ground. I'm that hot air balloon, and he's the stone that keeps me, you know, on the ground, which is pretty awesome. He likes to say, I'm the pants, he's the suspenders, That's right? Great. So it's pretty cool. So, and, and we, you know, we were always together doing things and making sure that, you know, our um, business is running smoothly as a business, you know, whereas we couldn't say that until recently. Now we're a legit business. I like to see a good father-son duo. I make a lot of jokes on here because, like me, I don't know who my father is, and I make jokes about it all the time. Like I even said, like if my father's listening on here, email me so we can like hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like, I may know your dad actually. I, mean, you I know somebody who looks just like you. Might, yeah, <laughs> if you do, man, tell them, hey, I'm not mad at them because it's, it's my mom's fault. Yeah. Good. Wait, so how old are you? Because this uh, guy's like this guy's like my age. He's 57. 33. Uh, 33? I might, yeah, it could work. 57, if you say, 33, if you yeah. Around, uh, Kentucky or Alabama, around I can like find out. I can find out. Ask your mom if she knows a guy named Dwayne. Uh, <laughs> Dwayne she Richie. Don't, she don't even know who the doctor is. I've been asking her my whole life. She don't even know. <laughs> my friend Dwayne's going to kill me if he hears it. He's like, what are you mentioning my name on that podcast for? <laughs> Shout out to Dwayne. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble, I think. No. <laughs> I get no, smacked no. behind, smacked up with upside of the head. <laughs> oh man! All right, so let's let's break away and talk about some other little stuff uh, for a little bit. Uh, let's see, what's what do we have on the menu? Uh, you know what? I want to say fuck Arco. You know the gas station. Arco? Yeah, fuck Arco. Because they <laughs> charge. Uh, 35 cents yeah for the car yeah that's crazy I knew, I knew they charged it for gas but I went in yesterday to buy some shit and I used my card and for the debit card they charge a fee 35 cents yeah yeah, yeah. so so they're so their cheap price is not really so cheap right. unless you pay cash yeah different Arco, story man, I'm not going to y'all anymore, <laughs> well if you're in the cannabis business you can use Arco because it's cash yeah. <laughs> but yeah but I'm like I told a little chick too, but she had a little attitude. I was like, y'all like, y'all not cheap. Like, maybe, maybe I'm cheap. I don't know. But I felt like I shouldn't have to use, uh, I shouldn't have to pay the extra fee to use my debit card. Yeah. Like those little mom and pop shops, I understand because y'all get that fee. But Arco, y'all a big ass corporation. Like, fuck y'all. I know the cheap ass. Yeah, why do you need my thirty five cents every time I get gas? I know. I'm a struggling black man. I need the thirty five cents. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's I'm a struggling white man. I need the thirty five cents too. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we talked earlier about um, I moved in a new place and I've been doing like a lot of like shopping, like uh, Facebook Market and like Amazon. Like uh, I moved to my crib in April. And like I had like boxes just in the living room, like just not decorating shit. I was like, if I had all oh, Amazon boxes, no, no, <laughs> I had boxes of like shit that I just didn't unpack. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, if somebody coming over, they're going in the bedroom. Like, that's it. So I finally unpacked shit. Like I, I bought a new, um, I bought a new couch. I got a new TV. I finally hung it up. I bought a new dresser and shit like that. But I kind of felt like I'm going like overboard. Like I've been going on like Facebook Market and Amazon like crazy. Like every day. I'm Did you find my cookbook on there? I didn't know you had it. Yeah, I have a cookbook. Yeah, you it's called it? the for the 420 Gourmet. It's actually the best-selling cannabis cookbook on Amazon. Oh, I didn't know. Oh yeah, that. yeah, I'll yeah. Have to take a look. Yeah, Pick check it out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I need to like kind of simmer down. Like I had something came in yesterday. I have like seven things coming coming in today because I'm rebuilding my bathroom. Too, so nice yeah I, but i need to like kind of tone it down I, like i'm sp spending too much on like redecorating i need to get back into like, you got too much whole, shit like, in there fuck it like <laughs> i don't need to decorate shit right but it's, it's kind of yeah. fun but i'm like i'm gonna start videoing the podcast so i'm like i need to have the house looking you know decent or whatever mm -hmm. but it's cool but i'm like hey i might be having like a little lightweight addiction going on. uh-huh yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, when you have your housewarming party, let me know. We'll it's, do an infused dinner over there. No, my crib is too small. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a little guest we can make it. We can, we, can, we can make it like a smorgasbord. People can come and take. Okay. Take and go. We can do something outside. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah make outside. it Yeah, make a fun thing. But the capacity. And do a smoke sesh out there with free leaf. Yeah, we and can no do one's it. gonna know it's weed, <laughs> and no one's gonna get been stoned. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. We can do it. Uh, let me see something else. I need to get my 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 motivation and my drive that I used to have. So I'm from Kentucky. I started coming to LA when I was 19, like rapping and, and acting. I was coming out here doing auditions, and like back in the day, I used to work like like two and three jobs, you know, just to fund you know my dream and like. I let like a lot of setbacks like my health and, and personal shit like stop me from fulfilling it, you mm -hmm. know, and doing this podcast, I'm getting back in emotion and shit like that, but I'm like trying to get back to to get that determination that I used to have. Yeah. You know? Any like have you ever felt like that where like yeah, I yeah. had that drive, I'm slacked off, you know, life, you know, kind of set me back. I'm trying to get that drive. Yeah, everybody everybody hits that. You know, I hit a brick wall when I was like fifty years old. I was doing marketing in New York and I had a, I'm divorced and um, my ex wife won this lawsuit against me and pretty much sent me into a tailspin, you know, I can't even tell you how much money I lost on that. And uh, I was like, fuck it, I can either jump in the river or I could figure out what I'm gonna do with my life. And I was really in a dark place, like really dark. And I couldn't get out of bed in the morning, couldn't motivate myself. And then all of a sudden this idea came to me for the 420 Chef. And I couldn't wait to get out of bed every morning because I had an idea that I thought was just so exciting. And if I could figure out how to make a, you know, a mark on the world and give the world something back, you know, make people, you know, happy and, and, and healthy and, you know, give them something that was really, you know, for me, I'm all about creating something that makes me relevant, right, in the world, because there's so many millions of people in the world. So what's going to make me relevant, right? And at the time when this all happened, I felt like all of a sudden, like all my relevance had been taken away from me. So, you know, and just being a cannabis chef, that was kind of like something that made me stand out, but there was nothing really in particular because there were already two other cannabis chefs that were trying to build their names as well. I'm happy to say I'm one of the three OGs that are out there now, which hey, is pretty awesome, up, you know? So, uh, you know, but, you know, at the time I'm like, well, what does a cannabis chef do? You know, how do we do this? And, and as I went through it, I'm like, well, if my whole vision is being relevant, then I want to be relevant by helping everybody out there learn how to cook with cannabis and eat cannabis and make it easy. And then my motto or mission became making cooking with cannabis simple and easy for everyone. I woke up every, every morning excited to figure out ways to teach people how to make cooking with cannabis simple and easy, right? Mm -hmm. I started doing classes. I started writing my cookbook. I got a great deal from, you know, HarperCollins who published my cookbook. Okay. You know, oh yeah, it was huge. I mean, because I went out there and I said, this is what I'm doing. I'm making cooking with cannabis simple and easy for everybody, right? And then, you know, I started to hit a rut because I was sort of like, okay, I've done it. Now I became a cannabis chef, big deal, what's next? And Jared and I were talking, he's like, you know, what made you relevant was the fact that you made cooking with cannabis simple and easy for everyone. You've achieved that goal. What's going to make you relevant now? And I'm like, well, we're actually, with our products, we can redefine the cannabis consumption experience. That's a whole new goal for me. It's like, oh my God, I wake up every morning now excited to come up with new ways to redefine or reinvent or revolutionize the cannabis consumption experience at the same time help people. I want to tell you an interesting story. One of my friends um, is, is a black guy, um, similar to you, you know, he's just a like happy-go-lucky and cool and just does his shit. He was hotboxing in his car with free leaf and got pulled over by the cops. And you know that when you get pulled over by a cop as a black man, you know, it's like shit. You never know it's going to go down. And the guy opens his window and the guy goes, boy, you've been smoking? He goes, cigarette? Like, it was free leaf, uh -huh. right? And the guy and the cop's looking around and he's like smelling. He's like, all right. He goes, yeah, I just, you know, you, you cut through whatever. And he let him go. And the guy told me that was like a crazy experience for him. You know, and he's like, he still, he cuts my hair. You know, so it's like, and he's like, dude, he goes, that was so crazy that now I'm only gonna hot box this shit in my car <laughs> because I can do it and not, I'm, not in, I'm not in fear anymore. And for me, that 
brought it all full circle because not only am I helping people with what I'm doing, I'm literally helping people stay out of trouble, you know, or, you know, like, you know, the casino story we told earlier, we can enjoy, enjoy life without having people come and step on that, you know, and you have law enforcement or you have security or all these different people that are going to step on your fun. Well, now we have something that doesn't allow them to do that unless they knew what you were smoking and no one in the world has even seen that yet except for my friends, you know. So, you know, I feel that if you wake up in the morning, if you come up with a mission, like what if, if your mission is, for example, the same as mine, let's like, how can I be relevant in this world? You know, why do your listeners listen to you, right? You're funny, you're great, you talk a lot of shit, it's great, but you bring a lot to the table, right? You bring people on air that they would never have access to, right? You bring things on air they would never know about, right? You're actually, and you're helping people like me get my word out there. So you're really being a bridge between us and your listener and the overall greater consumer and people are going to start talking about this shit and all of a sudden it's like wow you are the conduit for that right so if you wake up every morning like that like oh wait what am i going to do you know to be relevant today and how am i going to make this you know something that millions of people are going to listen to you know as you grow your your podcast um i think you have a lot of that excitement but you have to have a reason right. a reason for getting up in the morning yeah i appreciate that yeah um, did you have any culinary experience before you started on the floor? So happy you asked that question. <laughs> no. Okay. And that's part of the dream. So I was always a cook. I love cooking. I love baking. My friends would always ask me to come over and cook for them. Every date I ever had, I cook for the person. I love cooking. I, I love I, I baking. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I cook I, I, for everybody. Okay, that's what I did. And... Um, when I figured out how to take out the taste, I'll tell you this great story. I figured out how to take out the taste in my oil, but I thought I fucked it up. I made a batch of cupcakes with my now famous tasteless oil, right? Then it was just an oil that I thought I fucked up because there was no taste of cannabis in the oil. All of a sudden, two and a half hours later, I find myself in the snack aisle over at CVS wondering how I got there, wearing my pajamas, okay? <laughs> and what I was looking for, I didn't even know why I was there. I just saw chips. I was like, what the fuck? Mm. And then I said, why am I here? And I'm like, holy shit, it was a cupcake. The cupcake that I ate actually was infused incredibly well. So I call up my one of my best friends, a guy named Brian, he's over at a big media company in New York, BMF Media. I said, Brian, I just figured out how to take out the, uh, the taste of cannabis. My head goes, I don't have time for your shit. He's like, um, but I'm gonna talk, put you in contact with my friend, Justin. He works over at the Daily Beast. Talk to him about it, maybe he'll find it compelling. And I met with Justin the next day for you know lunch and I brought my cupcake and I said, let me know how you like the cupcake. He's like, I'll tell you what. He goes, I'd like to write an article about you and your story and what you're doing now. And I said, sure, why not? He said, but I will let you know how I like the cupcake in the article. And here I am going, all right, no one knows who I am, right? So he could say, oh, this cupcake tastes like shit, but this is the way the business is. You know, edibles taste like shit, right? Or he can say something really good about it. And um, five days later on the Daily Beast, the article comes out, meet the Julia Child of weed. From there, I start getting emails from chefs teach me how to do what you're doing i want to learn how to infuse teach me how to make it i said i won't teach you my tasteless version i can teach you a light tasting version of what i'm doing so at least you can get a head start on it and get into the business and i taught a lot of chefs and in return for the chefs because i didn't want to charge them really money how much can i really charge them i had a deal with them i said let me teach you how to do this and you teach me how to cook like a chef and a lot of them did all of them did actually and I became Jeff the 420 chef and I learned I think the right way from chefs that are out in the field that are successful you know some of them are some bitty, pretty big names out there I've even been on some pretty big chef podcasts out there with you know and I, I learned from these guys how to do it now all of a sudden I'm Jeff the 420 chef you know so you don't have to have a degree in something or go to a school in something to realize your dream. You just have to have the passion and the fortitude and the courage to do what you got to do. And then the universe opens up the rest for you. Right now, I've won two two top chef awards. I won, you know, the the lift the Canadian um, lift Canadian cannabis award for top chef. And I live in California, not Canada, <laughs> right? And um, uh, Green State which is um, a division of uh, San Francisco Chronicle, um, gave me an award as top cannabis chef as well. You know, so it's kind of crazy, you know, like here I am, this guy who's, you know, really just learned from other chefs that I do what I do, you know, been mentored by them, and, you know, and still be, you know, I'm still mentored by some of them, um, but that's how I'm, you know, honing my craft. 
So you can do whatever you want. Have you cooked for any A-listers? Super, yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, so, I mean, I, the, first, the first celebrity that I ever cooked for was a woman, a comedian named Margaret Cho. If you know who oh, that is, she's yeah. hysterical um, on TV. Yeah, yeah, we did a show on True TV called Super Into Weed, and I cooked for her on that show, and that was fun. Um, I'm signed up on NDA from a lot of celebrities I can't talk about, but there's some footage of me, you know, with some super A-listers that are in the cannabis industry that you'll be able to see. Um, and just most recently, we did desserts for um, Kate Hudson's 40th birthday party. Okay. So you know, so we we have our. Um, we have our celebrities, a lot of them that you know that we work oh, yeah. with and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. But you know, we're we're um, uh, we also do um, football players. Okay. You know, I mean, I did um, a dinner for a bunch of football players like Boo Williams. Oh, you know, um, and uh, you know he was uh, he's a great guy, a good friend, and you know it's like so we we have certain people we can talk about, but other ones we really can't. But we get involved in the space. Yeah, I think Sean Phillips is another one. You know, who we've done stuff with. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, once you do a great thing and people love what you do, it just starts to spread. It's all you know, yeah, now. yeah, and and you just do it for one person who just knows the right person. Everyone's connected somehow. Mm -hmm. You know, like I might know your dad. You, <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah. You know. What's your mom's first name? Cheryl. Okay, I'll met, I'll see. You. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, you know how many Cheryls I had back in the day. <laughs> yeah. oh, not crazy. to dish your mom. I'm just saying, like. <laughs> hey man, that's her fault, not mine. <laughs> that's crazy. So I want to say, uh, the consistent listeners, y'all know that we've been having issues with Apple. I need y'all to start listening on Spotify. Most of y'all listen on Apple because I'm pretty sure y'all have iPhones. But fuck Apple. Apple, they be fucking me up. A lot of people are telling me that you're not getting the notifications about the podcast. I don't know. Fuck Apple. Listen on Spotify. And if you have iHeart, I just found out when I was checking the analytics that we are on iHeart Radio now. So I will drop a bomb for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that shit. I submitted the request to get on iHeart like months ago. Like, I don't know. They slow with it, but thank you. Hey, they finally, did it. Yeah, they finally accepted me. <laughs> yeah, so. I tell you, Apple fucked me over too. Um, you know, I am um, as part of my mission to make cooking with cannabis simple and easy for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, I invented a calculator online, oh. and we tried to take that calculator and turn it into an app. Okay. And we did, and we submitted it to Apple, and Apple said no. Apple rejected it because it was teaching people how to use cannabis and it was a tool for using cannabis and edibles, which is probably one of the most ludicrous things I've ever heard because it was the most responsible way to teach people how to dose properly, right? You, all you have to do is go into the calculator, type in your starting percentage of THC in your bud, how much bud you used in your butter or oil, you know, um, and how many... Um, uh, items you're making and it'll tell you to the teaspoon how, how, how many milligrams you have in your um, uh, how many milligrams of THC you have in your recipe and in each serving and even in each teaspoon for cooking so there's a lot you can still get it on my website it's one of the most popular things on my website it's at jeffthe420chef.com um, and if you go to jeffthe420chef.com and you click on calculator you yourself can figure out just how potent your oils or butters are and how potent your edibles are per serving so it makes it easy. You can have your friends over and go, yo, each one of you is getting, you know, 50 milligrams tonight or whatever it is that you want to, you know, put out there. It's funny you said that at a question. Are you worried about, like, the banks? Because you know how the banks are, like, real funny with people with cannabis. They want to shut down their yeah. accounts and stuff like that. You say that. fuck the banks. We use credit unions. Hell, hell yeah. You know? Um, and there is actually a local bank that's um, trying to set up and work within California for cannabis businesses and we're, we're keeping you know tabs on that to see if it makes sense for us but you know what fuck it if the banks don't want to work with us you know and the federal government wants to play games and you know they're taxing us like crazy and we get penalized um, by the IRS under something called 280E and shit they're not making it easy for us you know what they're actually doing is they're making it easy for people to stay underground or go to back underground mm -hmm. but we're trying I'm trying to lobby to keep everybody above ground because we have to normalize cannabis and, you know, whether or not, you know, you like the smell or you like the taste or you don't or whatever, it shouldn't matter. This is a plant that helps people. Yeah. And we need to normalize it and bring it into the mainstream. And the government, sure, like everything else, they're going to take their share. But you can't make it so difficult for us to make money. 
that we want to go back underground again, and then that starts off a whole slew of shit again. And they smoke it, and they do it. Oh, you'd be surprised, yeah, yeah. Look, I was hanging out in Massachusetts with this woman who was smoking my stuff outside. These two guys came outside, because she's a beautiful woman, to hang out with her too, and they go, yo, what are you smoking? Give us one of those. And I was like, you know, I can't yet. What do you do for a living? And the guy goes, what the fuck does that mean? Who gives a shit what I do for a living? I said, trust me. You, I need to know what you do for a living before I give you this. The guy goes, we're both narcotics cops for the state of Massachusetts. I said, well, guess what then? I can't give it to you. He said, why? I said, because you'll test positive for THC. So even though smoking weed is legal in Massachusetts, the odor, if they smell it, they can confiscate it and take it away, right? So the guy goes, that's crazy. He goes, if that's really what she says it is, then you just solved our biggest problem, the nuisance call, right? Neighbors calling the cops on the neighbors, right? So, you know, you have this shit that if it was just normalized, it wouldn't be an issue, right? But now, you know, that it's an issue, we have to figure out ways to get back in to normalize it. Yeah. Are you a religious guy? I am, but I'm more spiritual than religious. Oh. I used to be religious. I grew up in a religious environment. I'm Jewish. My parents are Orthodox Jewish. You know, um, they're very um, uh, closed-minded, so to speak, until I moved back to LA to help them out. You know, I moved into their back house if I could do this and not have to worry about paying rent, really. You know, I got this done because it's an expensive business to get into. And everything we're doing is R&D. We can't even sell anything right now. So everything that we do is R&D. It's really developing product for now, our lounge, where we can finally sell stuff, you know, legally. So, um, you know, I'm, and I, I said to my parents, this is what I'm doing, and my mom had been, been reading about it, and she's like, well, I kind of read about it, it's maybe not so bad, so why don't you try a brownie? And she did. Every single day, my mom's asking, what's in the cookie jar today? Hey. You know, my parents, Orthodox Jews, medicate every single day. You know, and that's something that never would have happened had I not moved back here to do it. I used to so. be down with the with the Jewish folks. Yeah. I used to go to Shabbat Oh, I, I do Pat Shabbat, man. You got to come do a Pat Shabbat. Oh, yeah, we'll do a Pat Shabbat. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Very, very cool. I seen something early on TV, and I was like, they're taking this religious shit. Like, it's getting crazy. I saw some shit on TV, and it was called Miracle Spring Water. Really? And they were selling this shit on TV. And it was people saying they drunk this water and they got all these blessings. And I said, this is some bullshit. Say holy water, right? Yeah. yeah. And they was drinking it. And I said, what the fuck is this shit? And I was like, no. Like, y'all taking advantage. Like, I used to be religious, not no more. It's not my thing. But I'm like, one of the reasons I don't really mess with it no more because of shit like that. Like, yeah. selling water is false hope. Now, what if there's cannabis in the water? That's holy water. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's crazy because my last guest I had is my buddy, and he has CBD water. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so the CBD water, you got to be careful out there. So CBD is elusive, right? Meaning that anyone can say there's CBD and shit. There's a lot of snake oil out there, right? So if you really want to get CBD water that has CBD in it, you have to get water-soluble CBD into that. So you have to find the companies that are actually making CBD with what they call um, I know this is going to be a big word for everybody, but they're going to, they basically take it and they create nanoparticles, right? And the nanoparticles encase the CBD and then it allows it to be infused into the water. So it's, it's almost like a crystal, a crystalline structure. They, they mix it into the water. I'm not a scientist, but I'm a hacker, right? So they mix it in with the water and it dissolves into the water and then you get your CBD. But a lot of the CBD waters are testing zero for CBD. So you got to, you know, get reputable ones out there. Yeah, and so I like the CBD, like lotions and oils and stuff like yeah. for the body pain. And some of them, I felt the effects, and other ones, I'm like, man, I still hurt. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. There's a lot of bullshit out, out there. Yeah. A lot of snake oil. Yeah. What do you? What's your? What's your idea? Well, what's your opinion on like time frame for like spoilers, like for a TV show? What do you think is appropriate? Appropriate time for someone to say like the ending or tell what happened? No time. <laughs> uh, so, Why you ask? Because of the show that's on. It's a trick uh, question, Snowfall. huh? <laughs> so, episode... Was it, was it Snowfall? Yeah, Snowfall. Last week's episode had came out. So, uh, I didn't see it when it comes on Wednesday. So, last Thursday, this girl's fucking on Facebook talking about it. I'm like, damn, bitch, I thought I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's yeah. like, it came out last night. It ain't 
ain't even been 24 hours yet. <laughs> and so she's like, that's your fault for not seeing it. Oh, no. Like, well, oh, yeah. Like, I didn't see it yet. You need to chill. And so I'm like, you need to wait at least 24 hours. So she's like, says who? No one ever says that. So the other people's like, yo, you need to wait at least a day or two. Yeah, yeah. I, I ask, right? I'll, like, I'll yeah. ask, like, is, is it okay to spoil it or, like, spoiler alert? I'll tell you spoiler alert. And they'll be like, all right, I want to know because people want to watch. They want to know what's happening. You know, it's like, look, there's a new movie out, Hustlers, right? It's coming out. Yeah. Everybody's saying JLo's going to win or, or be nominated at least for an Academy Award. For real? Yeah, for a performance there, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, and then someone was about to tell me why, and I said, I don't want to hear. It. Oh, I don't want to know. Get or yeah. No, maybe. But. <laughs> Damn, I feel like wait at least a couple of days. Don't fucking. I hate when people like live tweet and live Facebook like, oh, did you see what happened in? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I didn't shut the hell up so I can see it. Yeah. Like, wait at least a couple of days. And, or I hate when people like in the movie or like say what happens. Even if it's a movie I'm never going to see, I'm like, what if I want to see this shit in like two yeah. years? I don't believe in spoilers because I feel like why is this person trying to spoil it for me? Are they trying to show me that they got something on t- above me? Yeah. I know you saw the movie. I don't care. I want to see the movie. Yeah. I don't care what your opinion is of it until I ask you for it. And I certainly don't want to know the ending or what happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you got to ask about it. So I, you always have to ask yourself, what's, what's that person's motive for spoiling it? Yeah. Do they have to just show off that they were there? And uh, they they know. know this shit? Like, but I feel like you shouldn't spoil it in the first 24 hours. Like, yeah, don't spoil it at all. a little bit. Yeah, she was like... Like, something was wrong with me because I didn't see it. I'm like, excuse me, bitch. I'm sorry. I had a life and I had shit. I had shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, folks are crazy. You know, uh, a Catholic school banned Harry Potter books because the priest said the, the children are at risk of conjuring evil spirits. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> was he high? He may have been. I don't know. Probably on something like opioids or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. You know, I really like this idea I'm excited about. The, what, what's the name of the place going to be? Budberry. Budberry. I'm excited about Budberry. Yeah, so think like Pinkberry, Budberry. Is but it gonna, are you going to have like a reward, reward uh, like standpoints? I don't know if we're going to have that. I think we're going to definitely have um, some sort of a loyalty program. We don't know what we're allowed to do. We also don't want to make it too kitschy. You know, our experience is when you see, you saw the video of yeah. the spot, or just yesterday showed you the video yeah. of the spot. I mean, it's an enchanted experience. It really is. And, you know, it's kind of like, I think we're going to have a lot of people that are going to come there all the time because it's an escape. Are you going to have right? parking? So we will have parking and we have a parking lot, but we are suggesting that everybody that comes to our spot takes Uber or Lyft or alternative transportation because I don't want people on the road. After they're enjoying my food, you know, and after they're enjoying our edibles and, you know, our, our everything else that we're offering. So I really want the people out there to enjoy themselves and I don't want to worry when they go home that they're going to hurt themselves. Is there an age limit? 21 plus. Okay. Because it's a cannabis. So that's, you know. So no 18 in a wreck? No 18 in a wreck. Well, I, 18 in a wreck, um, for definitely for the dispensary, I think. No, not, but it has to be a true, not a wreck. It has to be a true medical, um... A medical card. I think they have the medical cards in California are 18 plus, but just a recommendation, they won't let you in. So there's a difference. You know that, right? Yeah. So the Rex, the Rex means shit now because we have adult use. Who cares? As long as you're 21 and up. But if you are 18 and have a true medical card from the state, from the state, the state gives it out. So when you get a state medical card, you'll be able to come in if you're 18. Uh huh. Something new. (laughs) Like, I'm not a. I'm not a paranoid person and I don't, I'm not like into like conspiracies, but I kind of feel like we're being watched. So my homeboy from Kentucky was over, he was in LA last week. So he was at my crib and he was like, hey, what, you have Wi-Fi? I'm like, yeah. So I go and look at my Wi-Fi uh, box or whatever and a thing popped up that said, share your Wi-Fi with Darius. So I thought he sent some little request to get my Wi-Fi and I'm like, hey bro, did you? do something, he was like, no. So I hit, you know, okay. And he was like, I just connected to your Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, we just <laughs> talked about it and all of a sudden it happened. I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. You know, sometimes when you're talking, if you say the word seriously or something like that, all of a sudden Siri pops up on her phone. It's like, can I help you? Like, you know, yeah. I didn't hear that. I didn't get that. And I'm like, wait, so I do believe that there are, look, 
they're listening and watching, how can they not be? We all have cameras on our computers. If you look at my computer over there, I have a little thing over the camera because I don't want someone watching me. I'm thinking about you know, that. You got, I, you know, I don't know what they're doing or who's doing it, and there can't be enough people in the world to watch all of us. Yeah. But if they want to watch you, I'm pretty sure they can. Yeah, I'm pretty it, sure oh, they can oh, dial oh, it in oh, and watch. Look, see that thing over there on the computer? Oh, yeah. it, slides, it slides open and shut. How do you get did it come on the computer? They make them like you. You just oh, buy them. Or oh, oh. actually, there's so many people, um, so many companies that they're giving them out now as um, a little uh, promotional gifts. So yeah, plenty of them. We may give them out of Budbury, not a bad idea. With because the if it comes on it. with my phone, share Wi-Fi with Darius, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Is it freaked me out. I was like, man, is somebody in here? I thought my crib was bugged. Like, That's crazy. Yeah. I was I don't know. I got to watch what I say now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? They're not coming after little guys. I think coming after the big guys. I you know, so. I'm, I'm small say. time. Me too. Hear that? I'm small time. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're making a, a new Batman. They are. I saw it. Yeah. Joker. No, 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 no. Oh, no, and it's no, a different no. one. No, yeah, the Joker movie's coming out, but they're going to have yeah. a new Batman. Uh, he's going to be a black Batman. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. I just... I just uh, I just seen it, read the article about that. I always uh, thought Batman was black until I saw him come out of his uh, <laughs> <laughs> his outfit. That the Joker movie, I will, well, watching Phoenix, I think I might, I might go see it, you know. But they, they keep making the same game. Yeah, over and over. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Uh, what else do we have? All right, so this is a, a petty podcast. We haven't been too petty today, you know, but. I got a message for a GoFundMe, you know. Mm. And I understand that people hit bad times and all that, but it was from a girl that I used to smash or whatever. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm not smashing you no more, so you feel <laughs> bad. So I'm reading what was going on, and it said that her and her dude hit some a hard time or some shit or whatever. So I was like, so you want me to help you? And your boyfriend. Get out of shit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we cool or whatever. I ain't talked to you in like two years or whatever. So, but you asking me for money. So automatically no, because I haven't talked to you in forever. And we not even cool like that. So I'm not going to help you. And you have a kid. I'm not going to support somebody else's kid. And you have a dude. I'm not going to support another grown ass man. Yeah. I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, instead of like asking people for a money and shit and she was mm. saying like oh i took some time off of work bitch take your ass to fucking yeah. work instead of the money wait wait how old is that kid <laughs> oh shit like, about a year and a half okay she didn't ask you it's lucky she didn't say you know hey remember two years ago oh no no no, no. <laughs> go fund me <laughs> <laughs> no the kid ain't mine but i was just like people just ask for go fund me just for anything i can yeah. see the tornado it, Destroys your house. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, shit, you know, Look, you out. the people in the Bahamas, they need that. Yeah. You know, that, though, that's where you put your money. Yeah. You, know? you just can't pay your rent. I don't want to pay my own fucking rent. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. help you pay yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people are just crazy. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm not getting that shit no more. I'm not going to help you out, you know. Tell that take your little bum ass boyfriend <laughs> or find you somebody that can help support you. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, what else? Let me see. Where are you from? Are you from LA? So I grew up in LA. Mm -hmm. I went oh, to Fairfax High School right here. Um, oh. like the Fairfax. From Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, Hollywood area. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood High School is our uh, rival high school. Oh, I didn't know Fairfax and Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, they were rivals. Yeah, and Grant was another one was one of our rivals. So Where's Grant, Grant Grant's in the Valley. I'm gonna say oh, it's uh, in, in like Ice. yeah, 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 yeah. Live, oh, yeah. So I live here, but yeah, that was you know, but there. So we had you know, our rivals. Oh, Those are the two damn. rivals there. I think there was another one. I think yeah, there's another rival we had. Um, what's the school near Koreatown? Um, I don't remember. Anyways, long, long time ago, I went to JB John Birmingham, like you know, years for you know middle school for a little while, um, and went to private school as well here. Uh, but then I moved to New York when I was 19, and uh, I moved to uh, Manhattan. Okay. And I lived in Manhattan, I lived in Westchester, um, then moved back to Manhattan after my divorce, and I lived there for about 10 years, and um, just moved back here to L.A. when I decided to be the 420 chef so I could do this legally and get ready to do it legally here, so it's actually been six years now. Um, but, you know, so we're able to finally, you know, do things here, and that's why I came back, and now I'm like, yes, I'm home. You know, although I will tell you, 
my heart's still in New York. I miss New York. I had a great time out there. I love the vibe, the people. You know, I had, you know, a lot of amazing friends out there. Now they all come out here to visit. They're like, this California, this crazy. You know, it's like they're all coming out here for the weed. Let's be honest. But I it's uh, about moving to New York because LA, the weather is cool. Whatever, it's so expensive. But I still don't really like LA. Yeah. But I left Kentucky because. I wanted more opportunities, and I was tired of the weather, the snow, but New York, the weather is shitty. I'm yeah, too. there's a vibe in New York that you don't get anywhere else. Like, I love the LA vibe. I, I truly love being here. When I go to New York, I feel like, oh, I'm home. You know, I love that, and I love that. I was just there for my son's wedding a couple months ago, and it was and we were there for business meeting two weeks ago. But um, it was just so um, amazing when you go there. You feel like there's, it's a totally different environment and vibe. I'll have to check it out. My only New York story, I, I flew here from London and I had like a 12 hour layover. So I got a hotel in like Queens and I walked around the corner to 7 Eleven. And that's the only New York You I've stayed seen. in Queens? Yeah. yeah, that's pretty awesome. We're in Queens. Uh, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> the there was a 7 Eleven there. Oh, so you're only there for a day? Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. I just slept and then went right back to Oh, the man. You got to go there for a week at least and just, yeah, you I'm know, it it's so cool. It's a really great place. Yeah, I want to. Uh, let me do my little shout outs. Uh, we got USA, we got Japan, San Francisco, Los Angeles, unknown. So the analytics always picks up. There's always a, a city or a country that it just can't pick up. It always shows unknown. So Russia. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> so, hey, if it is, hey, shout out to the Russians. Right. If y'all gonna hack our election, why don't y'all. Give us somebody good and not some fuckboy. <laughs> yeah. Shit. For real. Uh, shout out to Glendale, Gardena. I, I'm not even going to butcher this, but I know it's in Japan. It's spelled N E Y A G A W A. Shout out to Nagawa. Yeah. Yeah, I was born in Japan, by the way. For real? Your dad was in the Army? No, my dad was Air Force. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. My stepdad was in the uh, army. I lived in a career. So you know your stepdad. Yeah, I know. Shout out to Washington. Shout out to Louisville, Russellville, Yokosuka, Costa Mesa, Indianapolis, Clayton, Kawasaki, and New Orleans. Usually we have more, but shit, man, that would be fucking me up. Everybody. Get on Spotify, get on all the other apps that uh, play the podcast, and get on Apple, I mean, not Apple, but uh, iHeart. I, I know this answer, but I, I might be wrong, but you want to tell me about an achievement that you have in life? <laughs> my greatest achievement are my three boys. Oh, okay. I've got three sons. They're all incredible. Uh, my oldest one's an attorney in uh, Connecticut. My, an attorney. So he does uh, corporate law. Okay. And he's, I think, working also legislative law. You know, so he's um, he has aspirations to change the government, hopefully in the best possible way, and you know, be in office and make this a great country again. Um, so that's uh, my oldest one. My middle one, you met Jared. He's um, president of my company now. He's doing great. And my youngest one's in Florida at UCF, and okay. um, he's actually trying to um, get things started for us in Florida. Just learning what the landscape looks like from the cannabis side. Um, as they move towards legalization there. So he's getting really involved in the business out there. So we are a cannabis family. <laughs> um, even my oldest son, who's an attorney, even though, you know, it's not legal in Connecticut yet, um, you know, we're always reaching out to him and saying, yo, you know, you look a couple, ask for a couple questions for us, you know, but uh, we're uh, pretty on point with uh, changing the world. So where can they find you at? So they can find us at jeffthe420chef.com. It's our website. Uh, on Instagram, please follow us on Instagram. We have the best photos of all of our food up there. So if you like some great-looking food and it's all infused, it's jeffthe420chef on Instagram. Uh, we have a Twitter, um, you know, which is actually pretty um, uh, engaged. We have a lot of stuff, but just learn to look under jeffthe420chef. And then for our new products, Freeleaf, you can actually go to freeleafcannabis.com. Spell it just as it is, F-R-E-E-L-E-A-F, cannabis.com. Cannabis for all you guys who can spell it, C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S, cannabis. Um, and, you know, check it out. You can see the products that we have, you know, um, that was coming. And in February, you'll be able to buy them at Budberry. And Budberry is where you can find me as well. And I'll be in the Budberry shop um, pretty much, I would say, most of the time, that, you know, when I'm so out traveling. how many chefs will be at Budberry? Will you be the only one cooking? So, I'm, so, so the way that we have to do it now is we're only able to do the infusions and the chefing part, we're going to have to order food in 
because the state doesn't allow us to cook food on premise. We are working on getting them to allow us at least to have a pizza oven there on a, at a, within a separate area that's deemed a separate location where we can actually make flatbreads and pizzas and stuff like that and then you can dose it with the oregano, right? So you have the free leaf oregano, which is not really oregano, 100% cannabis, but tastes and smells like oregano, you'll be able to use that and get high from that. So, you know, so it's an infusion, it's more of an infused product lounge with food coming in from different restaurants nearby or whatever we'll, we'll be able to make on site. All right, so basically it's food from outside. And so you can have it delivered in. Okay. Uh, there'll be four, there's four restaurants surrounding our spot where you'll be able to order from or you'll be able to order from our spot where we'll be able to make a limited amount of products like, you know, the features we we're talking about or maybe some baked goods. So, you know, we're all working out with the state. The state is still trying to work out the regulations and figure out what they want to do with it. Um, the city's working. So everyone's kind of nervous as to what this is going to look like. Um, a friend of mine, my friend Andrea, is opening up um, a, a lounge as well. She's a, um, a Michelin-trained chef. She's also black, and she's amazing. And she's just one of the greatest people you'll meet. If you know, you should get her on your podcast. Her name is uh, Andrea Drummer. And um, she's opening up a lounge where she'll be cooking her food. Again, she won't be able to infuse it, but the infusions will come from another um, another place there, you know, within their facility. So, so I'm trying to get an idea. So let's say I get a pizza from somewhere, I'll bring it in, I get the oregano, sprinkle it on there, yeah. put it in the oven. No, no. So what will happen is you'll order a pizza from us there. Well, we have the, we're trying to get the state to allow the city and the state to allow us to make the pizza on premise. That we might be able to do because it's a separate location. So because it's outdoors and it's got a separate address, even though it's connected, it's a separate location. So we're working that out. But we won't be able to build a commercial kitchen there. It's just it's not big enough space to be able to do that and accommodate all the people that are going to be there. So in order to get the best food in there and get our infusions out there, because I have all these things. I have the herbs right we have um, powders that we're doing we have drink powders I'm working on so I've got um, for example if you like hot cocoa mm -hmm. right I have four flavors of hot cocoa powders that are coming out now so you order you know a glass of hot milk or hot water and well you can order the hot cocoa and you have yourself a hot cocoa in the lounge you have to just pour it in yourself so we're working within the state and cities guidelines to be able to do this properly until they allow me to finally do what I do best which is actually cook great food with cannabis in it and the oregano, so how much would that go for? So uh, we're going to be selling it in two and a half milligram, five milligram, and ten milligram pre-packs. And you have little tiny packages, almost like a little salt packet with it in there. Um, the price, it'll be very reasonably priced. You know, I'm, I don't really know what the price is going to be just yet. But we're probably talking like ten bucks for a ten milligram pack. And the... Yeah. The pre-rolls, yeah. So these are going to, um, these are probably retail for between fifteen and sixty for a pack of five. Right, so it's about ten bucks a pre-roll, depending. Um, you know, we can't tell the dispensaries how much to sell them for. We're selling them to the dispensary, so they can uh, they'll be able to retail them for between fifty and sixty bucks for a five pack, which is what everybody else is you know retailing their stuff at as well. So the dispensary is yours too. So so the dispensary, the dispensary. So the entire operation is owned by Budberry. Okay. I'm an owner of Budberry. Freeleaf, which is the company that you know we own that does all these herbs and spices and that, it's a little complicated because that's our intellectual property that we're using, but we're using it within Budberry. So we're employees of Budberry to make this for Budberry, right? And we're doing this specifically for Budberry, but we have a separate facility that we're working on developing, on opening actually, where we'll be able to manufacture this for all the other uh, dispensaries that we want to sell it to, as well as other entities that want to buy it. Okay. Right. So it's cool stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole new world. This is something that never existed. And it's like, these are dreams that are coming true. Literally dreams that are just pulling out of thin air that are now coming true. So who would have thought, like, years ago, you would be here now. You ever open up a shop having all of this? You told, if you told me even seven years ago and I was just thinking about it, this would be it, I would have been like, you're fucking kidding me. It's, not, it's never going to happen. But it is. You know, and it's happening because the states are at, are really recognizing that this is something that uh, people want, that people can benefit from, and can actually help alleviate the opioid crisis within their area, within the municipality. And the more they realize that cannabis can alleviate that problem, 
I think the more legalization is going to come in that direction. I mean, the opioid crisis is one of the worst crises that we as a country manufactured. Mm -hmm. And it's not us manufacturing it, it's the drug companies and the doctors that actually created it, and we're the victims. And meanwhile, even though we're the victims, now we're the ones that are considered the felons, right? right? Which is the most fucked up thing. The felons are really the doctors and the hospitals out there, right? And the doctors and the doctors, not the hospitals, but the doctors and the, the pharmaceutical companies that are saying you have to have this and they're giving you one or two too many pills to get you addicted to where you, you know and it so that's i don't want to go into the opioid crisis all i can tell you is that cannabis is helping alleviate that problem and as the states see that the states are moving towards legalization i think that's a big thing and that's something that's not talked enough about but it needs to be that's right all right. You have anything else over there? I think we're good. I mean, I, yeah, they had a great time with you guys. I, you know, also want to mention, you know, um, uh, we do some, you know, work with uh, football players, you know, that are in this uh, Gridiron Cannabis Coalition, yeah. and that's something which I think is uh, pretty awesome because these are guys that need this as a medication, right? And they're medicating because they're in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. They're in pain that's caused by a sport that is creating that pain. Meanwhile. Football players are getting in trouble for using cannabis, right? right? So the Great Iron Cannabis Coalition is um, has come together so that football players can hopefully legitimize the use of cannabis for pain relief and not be penalized for it. You know, and I so, you know those are things that you know we work with a couple of people that are part of that. You know, cook for them, and you know I just feel like these are the types of organizations that need to pop up, that need to say, hey. We're victims here that are trying to do something and you're making us into, you know, criminals and felons or whatever and we're not. We're just trying to use a natural plant that God gave us, you know, and I, like I told you, I'm a religious person, but I'm much more, I have a very, very strong belief in God. I don't believe in organized religion. I think organized religion kills more people than it helps, Mm -hmm. right? But God gave us these amazing plants. You know, and he gave us all of this intellect to be able to use them properly and to be able to work with it and make this world a better place instead of using it as a way to make the world a worse place, which is exactly what started happening, you know, with the war on drugs, you know, starting in the 30s. And look, look and see how that's, you know, impacted in a negative way so many communities. You know, the black community, the Hispanic community specifically have been, you know, really hurt by this. And it's one of the most wonderful plants on the planet. There's nothing harmful about it. Meanwhile, look what the government did, you know, and now it's time for us to take this plant and take it back, you know, and say now it's time. So, and we're in that space and I want everyone out there, you know, who's listening and who has friends out there to be those people that take it back the right way. You know, you know, recognize the plant, you know, and really see it for what it is and educate people, you know, and you'll bring everybody else out of that hole. Yeah. All right. It's the Fresh Podcast. Yeah. Episode 27. (laughs) So thank y'all for listening. Uh, Like I always say, if you have a dream, if you have a goal, achieve it. Don't listen to people uh, who tell you to not follow your dreams because they're probably the ones who are pissed off because they didn't follow the dreams. Follow your heart, follow your goals, and listen to yourself. Don't listen to others, and stay off opioids. Yeah, <laughs> you know what they say? They say more ideas are in the cemetery. Oh, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, because people who don't act on their ideas, take them with it to the grave. Yeah. So act on your ideas, and don't take it to the grave. That's right, it's coming from the 420 chef. <laughs> and we are out of here. Peace.